Brian and Jen podcast. She is the fair-minded, friendly, faithful, and fancy, fabulously ferocious Jennifer Horn, who is also your conservative crusader. That's Whitman. Hey. Brian Whitman, we call him the love of a liberal. I thought you were going to say fair maiden. I'm like, that is so Princess Bride of you. Busting that out. I'm a a liberal. I don't use antiquated terms like antiquated. (laughs) Sexist. Right. (laughs) No, what you are is a great dame. Oh, I am. You're a great dame. You're a real real stand-up broad. You know what I'm saying? I am. No, you're really, you know what you are? What am I? Uh, If I had to do this podcast with any skirt. It'll be yours, my With dear. Skirt. Okay, it'll be yours. <laughs> We're like in uh, Mad Men style right now. <laughs> I, by the way, that's the world. And by the way, there are hey, people here in the Brian and Jen podcast all across the planet. There are pockets on this planet Earth where uh, that vibe is still very much the expected behavior. You're right about that, and uh, maybe we'll wish for those days because this new craziness, this political correctness that's going on in California, it's killing all of us. We've got this yet of a governor in California, our home state, where we broadcast our morning show, The Morning Answer. His name is Governor Gavin Newsom. Well, hold on a second. His name is Gavin Grossom. Newsom, Brian. Gavin Newsom. He is an intelligent guy. And in fact, his intelligence, he is a smart guy. I mean, I disagree and I agree. I voted for him. I know. Why? What was the reason? What was like the thing that like juiced you up to go out there and pull that lever? Because I I will tell you, actually, really, he is very um, Mm – I interviewed him once. Okay. And he's very sharp. No, he's very bright technologically speaking. And and I think if – and. I think we're seeing this in some of his press events during these days of COVID-19. I I do think that his mind goes uh, in ways to that, that 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 a lot of people don't think, and I think that maybe that's obvious with with this decision. But the point is, I think that he is a guy who could make who could streamline government. With the use – like a technocrat, with the use of technology, mm-hmm. uh, I believe he has that promise to do that. In fact, your father, a, a dyed-in-the-wool conservative, met him and was impressed with him as well. Is well, that or is that dad, not true? I'll tell you why my dad was impressed with him. And it actually – my dad is impressed. He's very consistent. If people are good with names and if people can remember names – my dad is super impressed. So Gavin Newsom remembered my dad's name and then wrote him a, a nice note on the ba- on the flip side saying it was nice to meet you. Well, you tell Matthew that I said uh, – No, hi. no, no. It's Michael. Michael. Oh, Michael. Clearly Mike, you won't be impressing Mike, him. M- not Matt. Mike. I- I'm sorry. <laughs> so Gavin Newsom, the governor, is uh, – he's going to he, – by 2035, he's going to sign an executive order. You guys love this because uh. there's one guy who signs more than anyone ever thought possible. Yeah, this executive order, however, is not being carried out for good, like all of President Trump's executive orders. This one is being carried out for evil. Danger. Danger. Evil like the fruits of the devil. It's exactly right. Governor Gavin Newsom is making it even harder for people to live in California. And by the way, for those of you not in California, let me tell you. You don't even want to come here. It's only the most populated state in the nation of Hollywood, (laughs) sunshine, and beaches. Stay where you are. As California goes, so does the rest of the country. And if you cannot stop, if you cannot build a retaining wall for yourself like we have in President Trump, then you will see the same results that California is seeing. Gavin Newsom announcing his ban on cars. 
Well, we are hold- marking a new course. Uh, we are setting a new marker. We're advancing the cause with the support uh, of the California Air Resources Board to once again lead not only this nation, uh, but in many respects lead the world in terms of establishing a framework where we can accelerate innovation, uh, we can accelerate adaptation uh, and adoption, uh, and we can in turn uh, grow the economic pie here in the state of California, bringing more and more Californians along. And we'll do that by setting forth a goal firm goal that by 2035, in the next 15 years, we will eliminate in the state of California the sales of internal combustion engines. We will move forward to green and decarbonize our vehicle fleet here in the state of California. Okay, that's Governor Newsom, and that's uh, by 2035. Now, that is uh, 15 years from now, and uh, the, the governor if 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 you want to fully understand why he's t- making a dramatic statement and, a, and an order to follow uh, is because here in California, as we have all over the country, but in California, worse than many areas, uh, a lot of uh, air pollution, a lot of uh, most recently seen, as I'm sure, no doubt, wherever you hear the Brian and Jen podcast, the, the ash raining with the wildfires. The air quality is very poor, uh, and, and we do know that electric vehicles are more friendly in terms of carbon monoxide, hydrocarbons, etc., cetera, uh, than, than all of the cars on all of the Southern California freeways where we broadcast from. But, but, but. Is, it, is, is it government's role to tell you what type of car you nope. can buy? Well, they already do. Well, you asked me a question, and I say, no, we get to choose what kind of car we want to have. And I would Should say you this, be able to buy a car that goes 300 miles an hour on a highway or a freeway? Why not? I'm all for freedom. Let's do Are it. Are you really But here's, here's the thing. Uh, I think what this is more about is not what kind of car we can buy and all of that. What this is about is environmental regulations and believing in the idea that this is really going to help. We already live in the most environmentally regulated state in uh, the whole country. And you're right when you talk about the air quality. I grew up in California. I was born and raised here. And during the 80s and early 90s, the air quality was terrible. It got better. There were vast improvements, and then it started getting worse again. Now, are there more environmental regulations today than there were 25 years ago? Well, yes, of course. And the are. air quality is still bad. But and, I can, t- I can tell you. Okay, go ahead, my love. No, no. And then the other argument that I have about this is that if they're going to force us into buying electric cars in 15 years, well, then they should probably have a power grid that's going to support this. So not only are they going to dictate and tell you that you're going to probably have to buy something maybe that's more expensive than what you could buy if it was a gas-powered car. You're going to buy an electric car. And then you're going to have to figure out how to charge that car. And here in the state of California, we have failing electrical grids. You've probably heard across the country that we have rolling blackouts. We have brownouts. We actually kill the power when it gets windy outside because our power grid cannot be trusted. When it's 95 degrees, we get blacked out. Whitman actually had to vacate his apartment to get some air conditioning not so long ago. Not without a major head wound. Now imagine, right, now imagine that you've got how many millions of people living in California all sticking their cars into an electric socket. Okay. Is that going to work? Uh, well, I have a friend who has an electric car, a high electric. I don't think it, I th- maybe you put a little gas. I don't think there's even any gas in his car. And we were driving out somewhere, a, a day trip, right? For a Brian and Jen event. That's fine. Did and, you bring the camper? Yeah, no, I brought the Winnebago. Nice. And he was starting to freak out. I said, hey, freak of the week, why are you, why are you bugging? Yeah, That's you got to plug in. That's how I talk when I'm not on a podcast or broadcast. <laughs> and he said, I don't know where I can go to power up my car. 
Now, he's over 70, this man. Mm-hmm. I said, you got to find like an outlet. I mean, what, we got to stop on the highway and I'll get an extension cord. I mean, you should have a better handle. Uh, like everybody who drives a traditional car gas powered knows where the gas stations are. Right. Or at least you, you can you can eyeball them pretty easily. Uh, I don't. But he went somewhere. But there were really a few hours where it's like, will Scott be able to get back home? Find out next time. I mean, it was really... Now, well, see, this defense- is why I don't believe that you're into this because I well, know I'm something not, about well, you. Your well, activism ends where your stomach begins. You are our fast food connoisseur, which we'll talk about in a second. Okay, but, I just want to. But I'm just saying, when this inconveniences you, you're going to hate it. Okay, but there is a planetary obligation. There is an air quality obligation to the people who live in this country and in highly polluted atmospheres or where the skies right above and the air they're breathing is highly polluted. Southern California is one. Uh, there are many examples around, or, or, or their water is polluted. There, there's an obligation to fix that. Now, uh, during COVID-19, something happened that actually was positive. Here in Los Angeles, which has air quality for the birds, and, and oddly enough, the birds fly through it, which is really weird. That's no, the worst air quality. COVID-19 hit, the closures hit right in the early, in the mid, mid-March, No one was on the Southern California world-famous freeways. Nobody was on them. They were empty. And in one month's time, the air quality in that region went from one of the worst of any major cities in the world measured to one of the best, as good as any measured major city in the world. And that was just because the cars were gone. So you can't scientifically or not anecdotally, forget anecdotally, you cannot intellectually say that the absence of these vehicles with the emissions that they emit, pardon the redundancy, are bad for the environment and the air we breathe. Of course they are. Well, I think that there's something to uh, to that, but the cars of today are much cleaner burning than anything we've ever had before, and the air quality is still bad. I read after coronavirus that it was actually weather patterns that created the, the beautiful clear air instead of just the lack of cars on the road. I'd also tell you this, and that is that coal is what is used to create energy in the state of California. Now, you've heard a lot of people on the left complaining about coal and saying it's not the cleanest source of energy. And so is that going to be kicked into high gear to supply and meet the need of these people? That's going to have environmental impact too. If you're hearing the Brian and Jen podcast outside of California, you think, wow, they're whacked out. The governor of California wants to, you, you could be able to drive, but you can't buy in 2035 and beyond a gas powered vehicle mm-hmm. in California. They say the, the country follows California. California is the first of all 50 states to adopt uh, a policy like this. There are about 15 countries, though, internationally. One is Norway that have similar uh, similar rules for motorists, if, if, if you will. I mentioned to you that you're the fast food connoisseur. I brought it oh, up. Now you're just charming me by, by talking about my credentials. I am the fast food well, connoisseur. Well, you are. And pr- I look to you for all things fast food. You can really quote menus. I mean, you're a real poet. Well, um, I also understand value. I understand consistency. Yeah. And I understand all of the bedrock framework components and commitments that go into delivering a high-quality fast food meal at a value-minded price. Never <laughs> never look at the oh. never look at the pictures when you're – Looking at a story like this. Oh, no. It's a bad fa- – I what is it? I, look, there's a lot All of right, bad – This is out of Palm Beach, West Palm Beach. Uh, West Palm Beach. Hello. Hi, Larry. A customer in Florida, West Palm Beach, is suing McDonald's because – The Arches? Mm-hmm. 
Because he had an Uber Eats order on May 25th. And according to the lawsuit, which he filed in federal court, his name's Alexi Stolfat. He bit into a McNugget and he felt unbearable pain. And then he pulled... Wait, so what happened? He bit into a unbearable pain? He felt unbearable pain. Well, now if he just got a tendon, pardon me, folks... (laughs) Or if he got like a a, a double muscle, like if he okay, got okay, okay. a trapezoid, maybe he no, got no. a trapezoid in there or just some sort of something. Do chickens have trapezoids? Well, if the unbearable pain means there was a hand grenade in the so McNugget. I don't think he that's said, possible. Then, then he pulled a nearly one-inch bone Ooh. out of his mouth. Now, human? he said that the pain did not end there. Because you have to ask if it's a chicken bone or a human because it is a McNugget. It's well, not it's, chicken. You know, it's it's one inch of some bone. <laughs> one sure inch. Oh my the gosh. suit states that for three days he felt a toothache and then he had a headache. And he went to his dentist. He found his tooth was cracked in two places. The dentist said he needed a tooth extraction, root canal, and dental implant surgery. All right. You know what? I am Hold on a second. I can explain it though. But – I know about these lawyers and these quack doctors yes. that will take on lawsuits. I didn't know that the dental field has been infiltrated by these quacks. Give Have me you a ever break. Been, you ever been to a country music concert? Yeah. There's a lot of uh, beneficiaries of class action lawsuits in the front row, like at a Willie Nelson show. What are you talking about? Minimal choppers. And they get compensated. I'm kidding. I'm just guys. saying, tooth extraction, root canal, and dental implant surgery, as someone who has had an implant, and I oh, mean a dental implant yeah, in no, my I'm, life. Uh, by the way, doesn't need any others. Thank I mean, you. Tell you that. Thank you. Can I say that? It's still work here? Uh, I can say that. Right? We'll just move on. I had a dental implant, and these things are not easy or fun. Why in the heck you would want to do this to yourself, I do not know. You've but I'm had having a- trouble believing that this uh, this McNugget injury was legit. He wants a million dollars. You've had a- one million. You've had a dental implant. Yeah, okay. this one right here. Because you know what? I'm a I'm a medical. Phenomenal. Marvel. Phenomenon. You're a medical marvel. I've often looked at you and said, wow, the power of modern medicine has put this I woman. a baby tooth that never fell out. What? And an extra tooth. No one knew. I switched. I went to my new dentist. Love him. His name's Dr. Knox. He's in Burbank. Fantastic. Hi, Dr. Knox. Plug, plug, plug. No, no, no. I, I, it's not even a plug thing. He's just that great. Yeah, and I went there and he, went, he did x-rays and then he started going, one, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, but three, sure. four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. And he kept checking and then he goes, you have an extra tooth. And I said, what? Yeah. And apparently all the dental dental people I went to before just skipped it. So he actually had to extract well, my baby tooth and then fill that position with. And crap. obviously complete the paperwork to declare you a certified freak of nature. Isn't that great, who has though? Baby, it is An great. extra tooth. Kind of charming, right? I like that. I will just say very briefly. I asked to keep it and I put it under my pillow for the tooth. And fairy. did the tooth fairy come from Matthew? Ten bucks, baby. So what happens Matthew, when you wait Matthew. till you're an adult? Oh, it's Michael. I'm sorry. Your dad is Michael. Okay. What are you talking about? I just want to say about McDonald's, I am the fast food connoisseur. Mm-hmm. And the, the, I don't know about the lawsuit. I don't know about the bone in, in the McNugget. Uh, I, I do know that one of the most common complaints of fast food customers is the freshness. And I, I heard, it's a rumor, I don't know it's true, but that one-inch bone was traced back to a Cro-Magnum man. <laughs> but I don't know. So we'll, you have to wait for the next Get time. Get this, to, by the way. The Mr. Whatever his name is, he's from Estonia. The guy yes. who was who was victimized would, by McDonald's. I would like number four value meal. Would you like a skeletal system with that? 
He says he'll give the million dollars to charity, mm-hmm. Estonia charity. His suit says that McDonald's failed in its duty to use ingredients, supplies, and other materials that were reasonably safe, wholesome, free of defects, and safe for human consumption. He has no attorney. He filed the suit on his own using knowledge that he gained in his native Estonia where he worked as a jurist. Okay. And um, – <laughs> And he still has not had the tooth removed or the implant installed yet because he's keeping it in his mouth. I want to show to jury. I want to show to jury. He's off on the wrong foot. He said all those words are proper ingredients. No. They put a bone in your McNugget. Case dismissed. Judge Judy would have that out of the courtroom in two seconds. We thank you for joining us. Downloaded Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Home base is sebgorka.com. All right. We thank you for hearing the Brian and Jen podcast. It's